Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast for Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, Adam Schefter's reporting. He just signed a three-year deal with the Sports Dance. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, man? Uh, hey, you know what? You guys gave me the money. You showed it to me. Uh, we talked about it last week. It wasn't coming in. It came out of nowhere. Did not expect it. Uh, it feels like I'm doing the right thing. I'm staying. Yeah, and you were on day one of free agency. We we knew that we needed to target you, you know? I mean, we had a clear-cut plan in line. We said, Greg Cowan, get me Cowan. That's what I want. Well, that's why you're the GM, James. That's why you're the GM, and you made the smart call, you made the right move, and I'm happy to be here, and I get to keep my same number, so that's good. Uh, happy about that, <laughs> and <laughs> nobody's going to take my spot in team history. I'm going to cement myself and become a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, now here comes all the naysayers who are going to come out of the woodwork saying that we overpaid you. And I say, say your nays, because I want myself some sports stance. Yeah, I mean. So there we go, man. Hey, haters going to hate. to us. Haters going to hate, 100%. A <laughs> um, lot to talk about today, man. We have, uh, so the NFL, um, you know, we thought that we were going to leave the NFL be for a little bit. We thought this was going to be basketball, basketball central. I was really excited about it. You were. <laughs> they pulled us. They pulled us back in, man. They want to. They. We have a lot of NFL news we got to get to. A lot of free agent signings, a couple of trades. So much stuff we're happening. Talk about that. Okay, we're gonna kind of touch into it. We're gonna see. Uh, you know, check in with the association a little bit. See what's going on around the league. Maybe touch on World Baseball Classic if we get to it. Uh, so we have a lot that a lot of things to cover, man. But before we get to any of that, how you doing today, dude? How you doing? How you holding up? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit before the show started. Uh, looking to start trying to get into the real world and buy a house instead of renting. Yeah, so, you know, that's a lot. That's, that's big. It is. Yeah, uh, it's buying, scary. Buying a house is uh, is pretty intimidating. It is. Uh, I didn't realize numbers got that big when they put them on the side of a house. I thought that was just like a joke. And no, House Hunters is for real on HGTV. So oh, you guys should go on House Hunters. That's so cool. You should do it. You should <laughs> I, do we it. We should. Oh, actually, last night we had it on after we had talked to somebody about like the first steps and the first house hunters was like, oh, hey, these this couple is looking for like right outside the Boston area. And I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. And then they started showing the prices of the houses. And I was like, never mind. Yeah, we're moving to Texas. Woo. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Why? Why? I get so mad when it's like you can buy this seven bedroom or bath house for a hundred thousand dollars. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, good luck to you, man. I mean, I hope that it all works out. I, I know that you guys, uh, you know, we're, we're not super, super happy with the living situation that you have currently. So, uh, oh, no. and uh, I will be the first one to give you guys a, a wonderful house. Well, you'll be first. Yeah, you'll be first on the list for the party. Definitely, man. But yeah, how have you been? 
Uh, I've been pretty good. Um, you know, nothing, nothing special. I've been trying to catch up on all the movies that won Oscars. I didn't see any of them, so I've been trying to kind of like, <laughs> you know, just kind of do a little, play a little catch up here. So I saw Manchester by the Sea this week, and I saw Moonlight. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, you went for all like the depressing. Yeah, yeah. It was a sad week. I gotta yeah. be totally honest with you. It was, I've seen uh, Manchester, and that was good. I have not seen Moonlight pretty tough hangs man i mean they're both um you know they're they're both pretty pretty depressing they're both very well acted and they're and they're definitely very powerful movies my problem with both of these movies and they both suffer from the same thing neither of them really has a plot (laughs) like like they don't really like like manchester for example like if if you're if i asked you i guess i guess spoiler alert but i mean i'm just telling you the premise because the plot really is just the premise like if you told me, if I asked you what Manchester is about, if I asked you to explain the plot of Manchester, you'd be like, well, the kid's dad dies and his uncle has to take care of him. Yeah, like, that's not, that's like not a plot. That's yeah. a premise. Yeah. Like, if you, look, if you asked me about the plot of Moonlight, you know, you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, a, a young uh, black teen in a, in a rural community, or is in a poverty-stricken community, is trying to figure out his sexuality. Not a plot. That's a premise. You need to actually. They're setting up for sequels. No, they're not setting up for sequels. There's no plot. There's no. There's no plot, Greg. It, that that bothers me. about see too. Unclogged. Greg, you know what? Had a, you know what had a plot? Toy Story. Bam! It had a plot. Beginning, middle, <laughs> end. Lego Batman. I saw Lego Batman the other day. It had a I plot. Know, I remember you saying. It, it had an inciting incident. It had stakes, emotional and otherwise. There, there were. There need to be. So uh, I am in favor of movies with plots. So they, that's that's my animated, stance. Animated movies like Land Before Time also had a plot. Like uh, animated no, movies no, that were not Before Time. Wow. I'm not I'm not really even that into animated movies, Greg. I just like Toy Story and Legos. Yeah. Well, what are, what are you going to do when they come out with Toy Story Four? You're going to be like kind of like against it because Andy's no longer around. Um, I probably still fuck with that. Yeah. A little okay. Toy Story. Uh, also big. Uh, you know, just I want to pay my respects at least. Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the death of Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie. Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie Smalls. Um, Big Papa, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I am was spinning Ready to Die pretty much all day yesterday. Uh, classic, classic record. Then you watched uh, Moonlight it, or Manchester by the Sea and got even sadder. Yeah, exactly. A big sad week for me this week, Greg. But Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, I think I've said this before in this on this program, but I come down hard on the East Coast side of the East Coast West Coast '90s hip hop hip hop beat. I remember that. I'm all about it. You can check out like one of the earlier yeah, episodes I, if you don't believe us. I'm all about I'm all about my Nas. I'm all about my Biggie. I'm all about my my family. I, I, I love the whole thing. So East Coast uh, all the way. There's no doubt that Tupac is the man. I get it. He's Machiavelli. He's he's. He's the whole kit and caboodle. He's like kind of a platonic ideal of a rap star, but I, I still come down the East Coast, uh, East Coast end of this thing, Greg. Yeah, and if you want to get at James about that, you can tweet at him. He won't even respond. He'll just block out the haters. Yeah, exactly. That's my goal. <laughs> um, all right, man. Very cool. Let's just hop right into this. Let's make yeah. this happen. It's the only uh, one we can do it. Yeah, hop right in. We're going to be talking, I think we're going to start off with the NFL because that's where the world, that's what the world's buzzing about recently. Free lot of, frenzy. A lot of acquisitions, uh, you know, over the last 24, 48 hours. 
and we're going to break them down right here. So, Greg, before this podcast, you took the liberty of writing down words on a piece of paper, and you'll be saying those words to me, engaging our reactions. I will. Yeah, so what I did yesterday was I went through, basically looked at ESPN, looked at the top 150 free agents, and just kind of picked the top, like, big names that people probably recognize. Because let's be honest, once you get past, like, the one offensive tackle that you know of, you don't remember the rest. Like, nobody knows Ricky Wagner, who went to the Lions. And if you did, well, you are a diehard fan, and good for you. You probably shouldn't be listening to us. You should probably listen to something that's a little more intense football-wise. Right. So I have uh, some big, the big signed ones, some notable free agents that are still not signed, and who knows where they'll go. And then I got a surprise signing for you, James, that you don't even know it's coming. I love it. Uh, so where do you want to begin here, man? I'm following your lead. We'll, we'll start with the sign. You know, we'll just give each of our quick, like 30 second hot takes. Cause you know, we can't get too hung up because if we do, we'll be here forever. So we'll start with Kalis Campbell, who got, was the defensive end for the Arizona Cardinals. One of the best defensive ends in the league signed with the Jags yesterday. Your thoughts. Uh, the Jags defense definitely, you know, uh, needs, um, you know, needs, to be improved. I mean, they have uh, they have Ramsey as a cornerback, who's a great person to build around. And I think they signed another quarter cornerback as well. But um, they did. We'll touch on him next. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that the you know the Jaguars have bigger problems, but their you know their defense. If you're gonna if you're gonna focus on something, I think the first day of free agency, I think defense is the best way to go. So I mean, I guess good for them for trying to get after it. Yeah, so now you got him, uh, Malik Jackson, who they signed last year to a huge contract, and Fowler on your defensive line. It's a pretty stacked defensive line, as you mentioned, Ramsey. Uh, they have some good cornerbacks, and they added to that secondary yesterday, James, and it leads us right into our next free agent signing, A.J. Bouye. I don't even know if I said that right, but he is the cornerback that was on the Texans and now went to an in-division rival of the Jags. Right, yeah. I, I think that this is a good signing. Um, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of risk with this one as well. The, you know, they, um, like the Texans are, are, you know, we're fine getting rid of him and, and, you know, drafting a quarterback behind him. And there's, it's a big contract. It's a $67 million contract uh, for a cornerback. Um, outside of that though, I mean, I think that that's a good, I think this is a good kind of combo between Boye and Ramsey because apparently they can both really, they can play well in the slot or on the outside. So you can kind of mix and match them around the field. Um, but again, you know, I think that the Jaguars have deeper institutional issues rather than just what their cornerback situation is like, Like, good for them for locking this down and, and definitely for getting that defensive end as well. But at the same time, you know, I mean, they still need to address like basic issues like, you know, and we need the quarterback. Uh, we need like, you know, a, a decent offensive attack. We need a, we need an ability to score points. Yeah, I tweeted this out yesterday. I was like, the Jags are going to have the scariest defense in the first half out of any team in the league. Uh, their defense is going to be one of the top two, three in the league, at least it should be, based on the moves they made and the players they already had. And I mean... Unless they can figure out Blake Bortles, unless he can figure it out, they're going to be a little stuck. I mean, you have TJ Yeldon, who's kind of developing and getting better and better every year since his rookie season. They have some really good wideouts. Their offensive line isn't terrible. But unless you have a quarterback that can actually push the ball downfield and get first downs, your defense is going to see the field a lot, and they're going to break down as the season wears on. So, not yeah, a good thing. Agreed. 
But you know, I'm gonna save some of the no, no, no. some of our hometown players that each of our teams snagged yesterday till the end because you know we're gonna probably talk about those more than we should. So next, we're gonna move on <laughs> to the big signing of yesterday. At least if you're a guard in the NFL, showing that you can too make that big money. Uh, Kevin Etler signed with the Bengals, uh, largest contract for a guard ever. Five years, sixty million, and thirty-one and a half of that is guaranteed. So, James, do you think a guard is worth that type of money? Yes, but here's the thing: I don't think that um, I, I don't think that that would be that that the Bengals necessarily need that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I they lost a couple of their free agents yesterday, um, so they needed to kind of, you know, make some sort of splash. Um, I, I I think this is another case of the Bengals having larger institutional problems than 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 their offensive line. I think that the offensive line is clearly like the biggest. I I think it's the biggest thing that you could spend money on in football that that will improve your team almost immediately. I don't think that we would have this this conversation about Dak Prescott uh, being how well how you know good he was in his first year or Ezekiel Elliott for that matter if the Cowboys hadn't spent big and really kind of gone out gone on for their offensive line. I don't think that Tom Brady would have won the Super Bowl if you didn't bring back Dante Skarnecchia and, and had the offensive line that they had this year that would protect them, even if he did face a little bit of pressure in the very beginning of that game, you know, in the season at some point. So I see the rationale here, and I think that a guard – I think that if you're going to give that kind of money to anybody, it should be your offensive line. But at the same time, you know, the Bengals had a ton of other issues. Again, I, I you know, I don't want to keep harping on them, but – you know, do they have a quarterback that can bring them any that that can actually get them to the next round of the playoffs? I mean, do they have legitimate uh, wide receiver f- uh, threats outside of AJ Green? You know, um, do they have anything in the secondary? I mean, last time I checked, that they were they're still kind of relying on Pac-Man Jones a little bit. You know what I mean? So yep. th- there's a bunch of different holes that the Bengals will need to fill, and I don't I don't know what this does for them. But and I, and I, again. I don't want to keep harping on quarterbacks either because I don't think that we can, that there was a ton of quarterbacks that were available the first day of free agency. So like, you know, what are you going to do? But I, I'm, I'm mixed on this one. I give this one like a C plus. Wow. C plus for that. Uh, I get what you mean with Dalton and everything. Yes. Dalton's kind of an up and down type of guy. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. We have to at least admit that to an extent. Um, but like you said, Bengal fans aren't going to be jumping up and down for a guard. Yes, your line gets solidified. Yes, maybe that helps your run game a bit more. But you need guys outside on the outside to help A.J. Green. Dalton won't be able to look that good if he doesn't have more than one wide receiver that he can try to just toss it up to and get picked off every other time because, let's be honest, nobody else can catch the ball. So, you know, again, offensive line, good for him, helping the big boys out, get their contracts up higher. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's nothing exciting. I also want to give you a big out. thing. I also want to give a shout out to uh, how much we know about football because Kevin Zeitler actually set was signed by the Browns. Yeah, uh, he went from the Bengals to the Browns. I wrote that down wrong. Good catch. Yes, both of them are bees. Both yeah, of them in well, the same division. You know, I saw the, yeah, I saw the Bengals next to him. It was on ESPN, all right? I blame ESPN, not me. We did five minutes on whether what this is doing for the Bengals. <laughs> so, you know what? It's not doing um, much. <laughs> Let's be honest. Just ignore Browns all of that, aren't, folks. Aren't excited. All right. Every time we'll say Browns a lot, and I'll just cut it and put it in every single time. And instead of Dalton, we'll be like Osweiler. 
So yeah, we're, we're gonna fix this. We're gonna figure this out in post. I don't think we should cut any of this. I think that we should show them how the sausage. <laughs> yeah. So next next moves, we'll get to some that we actually do know for a fact where these guys yeah. went to. We're gonna get into a plethora of wide receivers, James, who signed yesterday. Yeah. There was a lot of them. A lot of wide receivers moved. Um, you have Pierre Garcon signing with the 49ers for $16 million in his first year. It's a front-loaded contract, mainly because the 49ers have like nothing on the books, so they need to get up to a certain cap level. And so they decided, you know what's going to help us with that? Pierre Garcon. Yeah, I didn't know that Pierre Garcon was still kicking. I mean, I guess he was, he was over in Washington, right? So Yeah. Washington was gutted yesterday for wide receivers, including Deshaun Jackson, who also left went to, the to go to Tampa Bay and play with Jameis and Mike Evans, which that's going to be actually a pretty scary wide receiver duo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think that, you know, that's that's a that's a decent uh, – I think that Jameis has a pretty good deep ball, so getting Deshaun Jackson is going to help him out a ton. Um, in terms of the 49ers signing Pierre Garçon, I, that's like the most mad deal in the entire world. Like, I, I don't really – I just don't care. They also signed um, – What's his face? The quarterback that would let finish the season with the Bears. Um, uh, which one? Because they signed both. Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley are both now under contract with yeah. the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Get excited for you. I don't know what's going on there. It's just like the most kind of mess signings in the entire world. So, um, I mean, I guess good for them for, for spending some money and getting to where they need to get to. And, you know, they'll, they'll get a high draft pick this year and, next 10 years. and get another one next year so it'll be uh <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what what they do i guess um yeah we basically discovered the point i, I have no reaction to pierre in one fell swoop uh hoyer matt barkley just signed uh pierre garçon anybody that was basically in kyle shanahan's cell phone he was just like hey i've talked to you before you want to make some money we have a lot to spend and basically yeah, accept exactly. except good players yeah, so I mean, hey, I mean, you'll, you know, the 49ers are trusting the process right now, right? I mean, is Hinky is Hinky in charge of the 49ers? Yeah. Maybe he's actually under. He's actually wearing a mask that looks like John Lynch. He's gonna rip yeah. it off halfway through the season and be like, "Ha ha, I fooled you," and we're gonna be like, "No, you didn't fool us. We knew it." Yeah, All right, good. So. All right, give me give me real signings here, Greg. Let's All not right, talk random. about freaking Pierre Garçon guards that are going to the Browns. Give me a signing. <laughs> These are guys who are in the top 50, James. Right? What can I tell you? I don't Brandon care. Marshall me signing someone with the Giants. Know. Thank you. Now we're talking. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is interesting, right? Marshall and Beckham Jr. And uh, Victor Cruz is no longer with the team, right? He's, nope, he's, uh, he's, he's a free done. agent. So they need somebody to fill in. Uh, I think that Marshall is, is um, you know, he definitely – you know, always killed the Patriots, especially when he was on the, the Jets the last couple of years here. Uh, it'll be nice. So he was, he had Cutler throwing to him for a little while and he had, he had a, obviously a pretty good season. And, and then he had Fitzpatrick throwing to him. So he has yet to really have like a really elite quarterback. Is Eli Manning that quarterback? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Possibly. This could, either, this, this could either be his best season or it could flame out horribly and he'll like retire or something like that. I could see either one of those situations happening. Yeah, I mean, he's got he signed for Brand two years. years. No, yeah. he's, he signed for two years. I think he basically signed because he didn't want to leave New York. He likes the fact that the media and him get along and he actually is involved in the media in some way. 
And I think he just didn't want to have to pay the moving costs again because he's moved around a few times and maybe towards the end of his career, he's just like, screw it. I'll play for the Giants. They're not bad. So I think it could be a headache depending on how the season goes. Uh, but it could also be one of the scariest wide receiver duos also in the league because you have Beckham that can run all over the field in any place. And then you have Marshall who can just probably run deep routes and jump over people. So, you know, watch yeah, out I mean, Patriots and the Super Bowl 52 Giants Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the question that I'm wondering is, does this mean that they're going to start lining up Beckham in the slot and kind of try uh, to take advantage of... Oh, go ahead. That they're going to try to do him and Marshall because Marshall also played in the slot sometimes. So they're apparently they're going to shift off, like depending on matchups and teams and cornerbacks that are going to be on guys and try to, you know, at least get Beckham off the number one cornerback a few times to take advantage. So, yeah, who knows? It'll be interesting. Uh, they like the three wide receiver set in New-, New York. So they're pretty set now with Shepard, Beckham, and Marshall. It's a pretty good wide receiving core, if you ask me. All right. Just remember that Marshall is 31 and, and you know, big physical receivers that do these deep routes are, are maybe a little less, uh, you know, effective after after on the, on the wrong side of 30. So just remember that. Keep that in mind. Wow. I feel like he's much older than that for some reason. I feel like he's been around forever. Um, all right. So it's still pretty old in football terms. Yeah, it's pretty old, at least for wide receivers and running backs. Um all right, three more guys that were signed. The one before each of our team's key signings yesterday. Mike Glennon signed with the Bears at quarterback for almost $15 million a season for three years. James, is he a starting yeah. quarterback? Or are the Bears just doing what the Bears do and fucking things up? I, I don't really know what to say about this signing, uh, honestly. I mean, realize... <sighs> Here's the thing. I realize that there's not an easy way to get a quarterback. So you have to kind of have to try some stuff, right? I mean, you have to you have to figure out you know where I can get my quarterback and, and kind of find like a diamond in the rough. But it's almost exactly the same deal happened last year with Brock Osweiler. <laughs> <laughs> like he was the he was the backup that got paid big bucks from the from the Texans because they thought that he was going to be a starting there. quarterback. There's not really a lot that Glennon has done that he could be a starting quarterback. And you know, Bears, Bears are fans are probably gonna sell themselves on this and be like, "Oh, totally, this will this will work out." But he, he's got 630 career passes. Um, his completion percentage when he was in Tampa is like below 60 percent. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to be an incredibly accurate quarterback. He can he can he can throw the ball downfield a little bit, but he can't really make any of those short throws. Like for okay, so this is a good breakdown that ESPN put. So on like the ten to twenty yard throws, he's he's completing about fifty four percent of his passes, which is kind of right in line with the NFL average, which is that, that's yeah. that's pretty good, right? And then like those those longer like in those third and long plays, you're gonna want somebody who can complete those those throws. He and he's a little bit. Exactly. He's a little bit better on the 20 yard, 20 yard passes, those deep throws, but in the, the zero to 10 yards, like those little slant routes that basically right now are replacing the running game for a lot of these teams. Uh, he's only completing 54% of his passes compared to 73% uh, on an NFL average. So if you can't get a quarterback that can kind of dink and dunk, especially in today's NFL, I don't think that he's like the one for you. 
No, definitely uh, not. Especially with the Bears' offense, like they're all yeah. they have to dink and dunk. They don't have any legitimate wide receivers that can spread the field out. I just feel like we're going to be running the same thing as Osweiler this year with this guy. Yeah, especially now. Speaking of the Bears not having a playmaker on the outside, especially since Alshon Jeffrey has left the Bears to join yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles on a one-year $14 million deal. And, man, I could not be happier he's coming to Pennsylvania. You must be feeling pretty good about this. Like, all of a sudden, like, last last year, you know, you had people with names like Nelson Al- uh, Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, and Doriel Green Beckham. Okay, well, I don't actually hate Jordan Matthews. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're looking at Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. Like, yeah. that's pretty. that's pretty decent little upgrade there. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Josh Huff uh, smoked his weed out of town. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has brick for hands. Doriel Green Beckham, I don't even know. I guess maybe we thought he was, like, related to Odell Beckham and could do yeah. better. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the signings. You know, Torrey Smith a good wide receiver, but Alshon Jeffrey is the key guy. You know, now they'll have him and Smith on the outside. Matthew's probably playing the slot. It's a decent little wide receiver core now for Carson Wentz to hopefully develop in a second year. Uh, now with that 14th pick, maybe maybe Calvin Cook or uh, Leonard Fournette falls. You know, here's hoping. Get a good running back because right now Ryan Matthews, I do not trust. Right. But, yeah, I was excited. I actually had that news, the Jeffrey news broken to me. By one of our uh, good friends of the podcast, uh, Dan, who's co-hosted with us. Dan Jewett, co-hosting with us. I wish you'd refer to Dan as sources, Greg. Sources broke no. that to us. All right. Hit 3K sources. We'll give it his Twitter. <laughs> uh, cool. Broke the that news to me because I was not near a TV or my phone at the time. And I got back to it. And he was just like, wow, you guys are snatching up wide receivers left and right. You just signed Alshon. And I had a minor freak out. At the gym, so you know it was a good time. People stared at me; it was fun. Well, hey, I'm, I'm very happy for you there. Um, yeah. Last, you know, last going to be. Uh, yeah, uh, shoot. Well, you say what you're going to say, and then we'll get to the final guy, who's a pat- new Patriot. It's going to be interesting to see because um, I, I think that <clears throat> I, I think that Wentz that he he does have the capability to throw the ball deep. So having Torrey Smith, who was one of the best deep ball receivers around, I mean, granted, he was kind of wasting away on the Niners a little bit last year. And then having Alshon Jeffrey, who is a real actual stud, we can we can see once and for all whether or not Wentz is an actual quarterback to build around or if it was just kind of like a fluky first half of the season for him. Yeah. Uh, my brother kept texting me yesterday, making fun of me and the Eagles for all the moves they weren't making and other teams signing guys. And then they shine, shine Jeffrey. I sent him a text and he didn't respond for like a few hours and finally had to admit that it was a decent signing. So it made me feel good. Signing. All right. Yeah. So that's a better one, last, especially with the value that they got. But anyway, continue. Yeah. The last key signing yesterday, one that I think I saved this for last, not only because it was the most shocking to me and everybody up in this area, but also, it just was to a team I hate. Uh, Stephen Gilmore, the consensus, consensus number one AB cornerback, along with AJ Bouye, who we talked about earlier, signed with the Patriots for five years and expected to be around, I think, $14 million per season. A shocking move out of the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Your thoughts, this is, a, this is a very non-Patriots move. It's interesting. It's a very, very non-Patriots move, which actually makes it a very... Patriots move. <laughs> and I'll explain that. 
when so at, at this point Belichick will always zig when the rest of the league zags. But what happens when Belichick zags when the league thinks he's going to zig? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and let that kind of settle for a second there because that was some real knowledge I dropped on you. Yeah, if you ever checked out Twitter, you would see I, I literally put that out yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, so they, I, I think I have mixed feelings on this deal. I think for the for the one thing, Logan Ryan actually had a really great season with us last year, and it's kind of sad to see him go. Stephen Gilmore. Yep. Um, no, Logan Ryan already signed with the Titans. Damn it! I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, that's another one that we probably could have talked about a little bit, but no worries. Um, Steven Gilmore is when he, when he's healthy and motivated and all that kind of stuff, he's a total stud. Um, you know, he, he's also been pretty inconsistent in Buffalo. Um, so I think that take that with a grain of salt. Uh, he's another person that's consistently killed the Patriots whenever we play him. Uh, he's, he's picked off Brady a couple times, um, and I, I think that this is an interesting move from Belichick. We we don't really go out and get more key offensive free agents. We just don't really do it that often. Um, we did it when we did it with Roosevelt Colvin in in the early two thousands. We did it with um, Adelius Thomas, which was like a, just an absolute disaster. Um, we did it uh, one other time. I forget. Oh, we did it with Revis. Yeah, for a year we went out and got a marquee, but a big, full guaranteed money contract, long-term years to Stephen Gilmore, really just must tell me that Belichick thinks that he can kind of floating people in and out of that spot. Like he's been kind of having a rotating cast of cornerbacks the last few years, and he's finally got Malcolm Butler. If you get Stephen Gilmore and then you keep McCourty at safety and Chung, all of a sudden you like have a secondary that can not only stay together for a few years but kind of build on some success that they've had previously. So I think that this is a good signing. Uh, I just am a little wary when Belichick, when, when the, the Patriots don't really do big, big money, long-term deals that well, we do small money, you know, short-term deals very well. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, especially with the whole zig, the zag thing. I tweeted out yesterday saying right when we all think the Patriots will zig the zag hashtag tricky bastards. And I was right. Yeah. So I don't understand Belichick anymore. I thought I did. So many people, I think, in the Boston, Massachusetts, New England realm thought they understood how Belichick worked, what he would do. And then he comes out again. It's like every few years he comes out. Picks, it's usually defensive people. He plucks them out just when you don't think he's going to put that type of money up because we all know we've talked about it. He got rid of guys last year, Chandler Jones, uh, the linebacker that went to Cleveland that everybody already forgot his name because he's in Cleveland. Uh, you know, and then he comes out, spends $14 million on a cornerback, and now you hear the rumors about Malcolm Butler going to get traded, potentially for Brandon Cooks, and you're like, this man's a genius. I hate him. Uh, somebody do something to stop him, and nobody has. So, yeah, yeah good job, Patriots. You got another good player. Uh, you'll probably get, like, half the notable free agents that are still available. We're over the age of 35 looking for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting season. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the people are going to, again, kind of pencil in the Patriots to win uh, the AFC, I believe. Um, we are losing a little bit of, uh, you know, we are, we're losing a little bit of what we've done. We, we did have, we did get Dwayne Allen a, uh, from the Colts to kind of replace Bennett, who will probably leave. Um, 
you know, we're losing Chris Long. Uh, there's a few, there's just a few players that it seems like we're losing and it, we potentially could be, like you said, losing Malcolm Butler as well. So it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen over the next couple of years with this team. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? And I think this yeah. is a good signing for, I think this is a good signing for them at the end of the day. I'm pretty sure they just print out the playoffs uh, sheet with the Patriots already in the AFC championship now. Because it's that's a smart thing to do. It's a it's a given at this point. But so we're gonna move on from Patriots. We're gonna get into the notable free agents. We'll just do a few. I'll just give basically key guys in each position: running backs, quarterbacks, maybe a few defensive guys. And we'll just give our thoughts on if we actually think they'll sign. Where maybe uh, your call. So we're gonna start with quarterbacks because you know that's the key for this league. So you have Jay Cutler, who was released by the Bears. You have right. Colin Kaepernick. Also, so those are the two big quarterbacks that are free agents technically because Romo was supposed to be and the Cowboys and Jerry Jones was like, I got to keep my precious for a little bit longer. I'm going to try to trade him now. So Jay right. Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, do either of them get signed? If so, where just right off the top of the dome? I think that uh, Colin Kaepernick absolutely will get another chance in the NFL. I, I think we talked we touched upon it last time. He's just too talented to and to not get another chance. I mean, I think that everyone can kind of take a look at the 49ers situation and and see it was pretty toxic. Uh, I realize that he also has made kind of a stir with with the political protests and the anthem protests and all that kind of stuff. Um, So that that unfairly, I think, is is going to be working against him a little bit. But at the end of the day, I I don't know. Let's – I mean – let me hear. How old is Colin Kaepernick? He is – 26. Hold on. Give me a second. My guess. He's 29. Wow. A little bit older than I thought he was. But, I mean, I, I think that he's at least going to get a shot. Uh, I, there's so many teams out there that need quarterbacks right now. I would absolutely give Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a run to see what he can do. Jay Cutler is another story. I just don't know. I just don't know what else, you know, you need to, you're going to see from Jay Cutler. I mean, we know exactly who Jay Cutler is, right? Yeah. He's a gunslinger. Like, yeah, I mean, like, what what team is going to look at Jay Cutler and be like, he's the missing piece? Jets. Uh, I know, probably. But <laughs> yeah. hey, that's the, that's my that's my landing spot for Cutler. Uh, Kaepernick, like you said, will probably get another shot. Where, uh, if I had to put my money on it, I would either say, man, who actually does need a quarterback? Uh, 49ers, but he's not going back there. Brown. We went through this with Garoppolo the other day. There's, I guess there's maybe not as many teams, but like, who? Like I'm also thinking about his style of play. That's the thing. How are you? How are you selling this to? Um, how are you selling this to a team? If you, if you, if like for for Cutler, for example, like if you say my my team signs Jay Cutler, what are you telling them? Like, what are you saying to the team? Like, oh, we really thought that we, you know, didn't throw enough interceptions last year, so let's throw let's put Jay Cutler <laughs> in here. Or we thought that our that the body language of our team was too positive and uplifting, so let's put Jay Cutler on the team. Hey, you know what? I gotta. I think Jay Cutler. I'll come to Jay Cutler's defense. I'll be his knight in shining armor. I think Jay Cutler is actually a better quarterback than people give him credit for, mainly because when you look at what he did in Denver, he had a decent line and he had a decent offense. He could do stuff. His first few years with the Bears, he had a decent offense, and they went to an NFC Championship game. The past few years. They've had an offensive line that basically does the matador move and just moves to the side and says, go after him. And they haven't had that many offensive weapons. Forte left. Jeffrey's now gone, but he was basically the only wide receiver there for a while. Once Brandon Marshall left, they had to wait a little bit for somebody else to develop. I mean, 
you can only do so much with what you get put around you. It was a hostile environment. Offensive coordinators were changing left and right every year. Coaches were being fired every other year. I mean, you had Lovey Smith. You had uh, the guy with the glasses who I forget what his name is. I think he's an offensive coordinator somewhere now. And now you have John Fox, who absolutely hated Cutler. So, yeah, uh, Trestleman. Um, so, you know, he's had a lot of change. Maybe if he can get some consistency and get back to that offensive line that can actually protect him so he's not trying to just sling it in there before he gets nailed, he could actually show something. And I think the Jets aren't that team that can do that, but they're at least somewhat better offensively than the Bears are right now. Are they? They just lost their best offensive weapon. Uh, no, I believe um, – What's his face? Decker? The other one. Yeah, Decker's still there, and he's got a really attractive wife, so everything's good. Him and they can all hang out, her and Kristen Cavallari, and him and Decker, and it'll be a beautiful relationship. Great spin zone. Yeah, wow, right. really, really impressive. I tried. Um, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I don't know where Kaepernick's going. I don't know where I don't know where Cutler is either. If I had to choose between the two, I would pick Kaepernick over Cutler right now. Yeah, if anything, may, hey, maybe Jay Cutler makes a – gallant return to uh denver if romo's thing doesn't work out <laughs> you never know hey wouldn't actually be that terrible that actually would not be terrible cutler could actually probably do decent in denver at least better than trevor simeon and paxton lynch um that's not a big bar to uh to clear there no i think denver's got bigger they, i think they're looking for that romo that romo uh season that they are uh, they got out of- houston just made all those moves to get osweiler out so you know they're looking right. for Romo as well. The other big offensive players are still on the board, at least running back wise, because wide receiver, a lot of them already went. You have Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, and Latavius Murray, all running backs who, you know, aren't terrible um, and looking for new homes. And AP has been rumored with the Patriots, with the Raiders, with uh, every other team except the Vikings. Yeah, all three of those guys are like the like are probably going to end up being casualties of the new NFL where it just does not make any sense for you to pay big money to a running back when you can kind of when and when literally anyone can kind of be a running back nowadays you need to have like three or four running backs that can all kind of do like a little bit of everything and, and then just pay them like l- low money like kind of aggregate them all together for what these old contracts would be for a singular running back if that makes sense yeah like what adrian peterson would probably want on the open market uh what you what you you could take that money and then split that into like three running backs you know what i mean um it's the same thing with eddie lacy man like who's going to be paying eddie lacy big money i think that he's gonna have to take like a massive pay cut versus what he thinks the market is worth um to be part of like a running back by committee because he cannot play you know, he's not like a three down back, really. I mean, he's just he's just not. He hasn't proved that he can stay on the field. He hasn't proved that he can keep the weight off. That's what I mean. Arby's going um, to be a sponsor and he's going to just yeah. go play for them. He's not he's not he's not all that productive when he is on the field. I mean, like he's had some he's he's one of those super inconsistent guys that like, you know, he goes way too high in a fantasy draft. And then you watch him every single week and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what is he doing? So <laughs> I. I Goes from skinny to a bowling ball halfway through the season, and you're like, "What happened?" Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I have no idea where these running backs are going to go. I think that they're going to need to take way less money than they originally thought. All these people, all these like, analyt, all the analytics, you know, analytical minds in football are going to giving all this money to the guards and wide receivers, and will probably try to, you know, 
really kind of under undersell a running back. If he goes to the Patriots, it's it's going to be if Adrian Peterson goes to the Patriots, it's going to be like a one year deal with for like five million dollars. Yeah, he probably <laughs> like, gets cut after game that. three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like I just I I don't see it happening. So um, I don't know, man. What do you think about these running backs? Uh, you know, Abe, out of the three, I actually think the first one that'll go off and sign somewhere will be Latavius Murray. Uh, you know, he had decent, solid showing with the Raiders last year. He's still young. He's like 27. He can show, he can catch, he can run. Uh, I think he's the one out of the three that's also going to be kind of willing to take not as high of money as he would expect. I think Eddie Lacy is going to need a food allowance, so he's going to expect more money just because of that. And AP's AP. I mean, he's an egotistical maniac who thinks he's going to be the greatest running back of all time and needs a team to realize that. The Vikings don't want to pay him that much because of his knee issues. The Patriots and Belichick, I don't think personality-wise, will fit in with him because they're pass-friendly, pass-heavy first, run second thought later on, maybe, if we want to that game. And so I think Peterson could end up in Oakland. I think it might fit his style. You know, young team, he can kind of be the leader. Uh, Flutavius Murray doesn't sign back there. He will be the featured running back, and they have a pretty good offensive line. And I feel like Eddie Lacy is going to kind of go the way of um, a lot of other Alabama running backs where they just kind of fade off and start off on a high note and end with basically never being heard from again. Yeah. So interesting. 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 Three old guys before I get to that secret signing, three old guys on the market for defense. Tell me if you think they end up retiring or we just see them sadly dwindle down into nothing. Julius Peppers, Darrell Rivas, and Demarcus Ware. Uh, Julius Peppers is going to be 37, or he is 37. Demarcus Ware, I believe, is over 35 or around that age, and Darrell Rivas just looks like an old man on the field. Yeah, I think Peppers retires. I mean, he's, his, his position is just way too much, you know, banging down low. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of impressed that he stayed around for as long as he has. Um, I would probably bank on Revis trying to go one more one more uh location to be totally honest with you i mean he seems like someone who's got a like way more pride to then just like retire after getting unceremoniously cut by the jets i mean i feel like he's one of those guys that's like gonna you know at least try to find one more home um and what was the other one uh the other was demarcus Ware. Ware. yeah i mean i don't know i think that i i I bet he i bet he signs a, a like one deal somewhere and then just kind of like bows out quietly after, after like half a season or something like that. Uh, I, I think that Peppers has been around the longest out of all of them. So I, I think that Peppers would probably be the one that retires, but out of all those, I think that Revis will probably be the one that actually tries to make a, make a go of it at another team. Um, again, I think it's a pride thing for him. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Darrell Revis, I think if anything, I, I could see him switching to safety and, you know, trying to extend his career that way, which I don't think he'd be a terrible safety if he can kind of get back to at least some form of what he used to be before last year where he looked like he had no idea what he was doing on the field. Demarcus right. Ware, I think, if anything, signs for like another year or so in Denver and will retire as a Bronco because I think leadership-wise, Elway understands he is a solid guy to have on that defense to keep their heads level, especially with guys like Tlaib and Von Miller. And then Julius Peppers, like you said, 37. Wouldn't be shocked if he retires. But there's a gut feeling I have that he might try to just go back home to Carolina where it all began one last season. Doesn't matter what happens. He'll take the cheap money, try to wear that Panthers uniform one more time, and go out there. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Those are my guesses, at least. All right. So time for the secret signing. Fresh, just right after I say it, first initial thoughts that come to your head. Uh, we're going out of the country for this one, James. We're going to Canada. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed Vince Young. Yes, I saw this. Um, yeah, I mean, just there's there's nothing. There's Perfect no reaction. Way. That's exactly what I was expecting. No words because really what could you say about Vince Young outside of spectacular? I can't believe he's making a comeback. Yeah, good for him. You know, go go get your money. Start a real estate get company your money, and get back to the NFL. Uh, I don't, the only thing that I really have to say about Vince Young right now is that his, his steakhouse in Texas makes a wine milkshake. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. Vince that Young sounds... Steakhouse, wine, wine milkshake. That hurt they'll, my they'll head. It, it sounds so gross. Yeah, so that's, all, that's what I have to say about Vince Young. Yeah, that, <laughs> that about makes sense. All right, so that was our NFL free agency frenzy talk. Uh, we're moving yeah. on to the NBA where you can kind of take the lead because you follow it way more closely than I do this year. I've just well, not... we also like we went we went a little long on the NFL free agency. Um, so it's exciting. That's why we can kind of keep the we can kind of keep this thing brief. Um, right now, I think is there's a lot of talk about Russell Westbrook and um, you know what he's been doing recently. He had uh, he had another triple double yesterday, and he tied um, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, for second most triple doubles in a singular season. As of today, as it stands, um, Russell Westbrook has a 60% chance to actually average a triple double season. Uh, I'm not great at math, James, Uh, but I believe that's more than half. More than half. So he's got 31 triple doubles this year. um, And and he has a 60% chance of averaging a triple double for the season. Oscar Robertson to do that, um, which is which is pretty amazing when you think about it. But the question is, what does that mean? Should we be kind of like, should we be lauding Westbrook for that, or should we kind of be questioning whether or not that's actually good for the Thunder? So the Thunder right now are uh, are the sixth seed. Uh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs here. Uh, you know, they're kind of they're kind of tied right now with with Memphis for their six or seven seed. Yeah, it's hard not to probably make the playoffs pay, in the West. <laughs> but and if if things will hold, they'll either pro, they'll either play like Houston or San Antonio in the first round and be bounced right away. So that's the question, right? I mean, I realize that you know they don't have a lot of other people besides Westbrook, but you know, what do you think, Greg? Do you think that this this triple double is impressive and should be celebrated or do you think that you know Westbrook is a, a bit too much of a ball hog and you know should be doing more to have more people involved and, and get teammates involved in actual playmaking uh, it's a mix it's a mixed bag for me because it's impressive on the one stance when you look at how historical it is and you know it's only been done by Oscar Robertson and you think about it how people yesterday LeBron James got a 70th triple-double of his career. Right. And people were talking about, like, oh, he's like the sixth or seventh person to have that many in his career. Yet, Westbrook's put up 31 in one season. So, I mean, it's astounding to think that he can do that and put up that many in one season. But at the same time, when you look at the roster that Oklahoma has, you can kind of see why he's been able to do it just because they don't have anybody that scores. He, sh- he takes, like, 30 shots a night, uh, you know, 
Enos Cantor and Adams are like your two big rebounders. So outside of them, Westbrook's a freak of nature who's just going to be jumping all over the place to try to get the ball. And then when it comes to the assist, a lot of the time you look into the fourth quarter and he still needs one or two and it's basically just him and somebody else on a breakaway. Instead of him dunking it, he just like gives it to the other guy for the simple layup just so he can get those stats, which there's nothing wrong with it. But overall, it's hard to look at it sometimes and go, yeah, it's impressive. But when you look around him, he's doing so much more than the rest of his team is capable of. It's not shocking that he's been able to do it, I guess, if that makes sense in some way. So impressive, but not because it's not going to lead to a championship or anything for them. Yeah. It's also interesting because right now the way that the NBA is played, there's a lot more opportunities for things like rebounds and assists. Like there's there's more assists this year than like ever before um, with the, the amount of ball movement that's happening. And um, with the amount of threes that are being taken, there's a lot more of an opportunity for rebounds and long rebounds. Like if you think about it, when, you know, it was kind of a back to the basket kind of game or like a lot of layups and dunks and, uh, and kind of focus on the paint, you know, less rebounds, especially rebounds for guards. But when there's a three, that, that thing could bounce anywhere and a guard can very easily snatch up a rebound and kind of take take an outlet and, and kind of run the floor like Westbrook does. Yeah. I think that there's no one else that's going to be able to do it you know, uh, there's there's no one with the athletic prowess to do it. And I think that his athleticism and, and sheer control over everything on the court should at least be, you know, admired in some sense. But I really do think that that's not necessarily how the game is being played nowadays. So, And that's going to get borne out, uh, you know, in the playoffs when they inevitably lose in round one. Yep. I mean, because if, if you think about it, the only other person that could do it in the league right now is probably LeBron James. And... He doesn't do it as often because he actually has other guys around him who can get assists. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason why he doesn't do it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's impressive, but it's not. But I think the other big um, thing we should probably talk about is how the Warriors would, have struggled. Yes, the Warriors have struggled. Um, they definitely seem to be missing uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, they lost to the Celtics on Wednesday. Yeah, they did game of the game to watch. Yeah, exactly. That the Celtics just bullied them too. That was a really, really cool game because you saw, like, now that the Celtics are like kind of like healthy, quote unquote, um, and they've got Avery Bradley back, they've got Marcus Smart back. Um, you know, they they you can you can see what they can do when when they sick like their super athletic, defensive minded freaks on on these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so they, they the Warriors have been struggling. I mean, they're still six and four in their last ten. You know, it's not exactly like they fell fall off a cliff, but the Spurs are kind of right on their heels right now. The Spurs have won nine out of their last ten games. The Warriors, um, you know, have some have some big games coming up. The main, the the biggest concerns I think for the Warriors is they lost to the the better teams in the East. So they they lost to the Wizards, they lost to the Celtics, and actually lost to the Bulls too recently. So all that within the last like week. It's not pretty. No. Lump, they need to get out of there uh, because they haven't been shooting the three that the way that they have all season. And, and they need to find a little bit of defense um, to help them out. Yeah, they're, they're not going to find that. Yeah, I agree. They're so, they're um, so bad defensively. And all I can say is I watched some of the Celtics-Warriors game the other night, and I, did, I enjoyed nothing more than after the third quarter ended. And Curry made the three and like chirped at Jalen Jalen Brown or whatever for no r- known reason, at least to him. 
that the Celtics then came back and just stomped the Warriors in the fourth quarter because yeah. I hate it when Steph's one of those guys that he's so cocky and does so many little things that people just like just like kind of brush off. But he talks a lot of smack and sometimes he doesn't back it up and nobody calls him out when he doesn't back it up. And so when he does something like that and then they get stomped in the fourth quarter, it makes me happy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and also like, it, it, they're easy to hate when they're especially and it's kind of fun to like revel in the idea of like the Warriors not doing that well um, side note Jalen Brown I think has a real candidacy now for rookie of the year now that Embiid is out dude is playing very real minutes for uh, for the second best team in the east yeah like it, I mean I think this guy's gonna be a stud I was I was unsure about Jalen Brown and the uh, when when we picked him because I just didn't know very much about him and after watching him, I think that he is just an absolute stud. So, I, I, you know, I think that that's, that's a coming out party, having Steph Curry chirp Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah, definitely brought more attention yeah. to him. And uh, he's been playing well, and I've enjoyed watching the, some games of the Celtics I've actually been able to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool, man. All right. Well, there's not much else going on in the association right now. I mean, there's a, there's a few big games coming up, but I'm going to highlight that in the last segment that we have. Do you have anything else you want to touch on, Greg? Uh, if anything, not for the – association besides the, you know kind of sucked for bogut getting to play 60 seconds total that is a bummer yeah i mean yeah. it's it, you know definitely they signed him for a reason they wanted that big guy in, in the middle there but um i don't i don't think that the the big man thing was was really what the cavaliers are struggling with i mean obviously when kevin loves back comes back that's gonna help yeah it's the gritty <laughs> but yeah exactly i think they just kind of wanted a leader and and they wanted that you know, they won that Golden State, you know, connection, I think. I think they're part of yeah. it was a troll. Kind of. I think I would agree with that. But, yeah, yeah, so outside of the association, the only other thing really going on, because, you know, we're not going to get into the golf because, you know, we'll talk about golf four times a year, and that's the majors because that's really when it's most important. Um, but the only other big thing going on right now in sports is uh, the World Baseball Classic is kind of starting to get in full swing. Uh, the First two pools have basically been decided with Israel and Japan both winning all three of their games in the round robin. And then the Netherlands and Cuba both finishing two and one. So they'll be moving on. And then now it's time for the United States to start getting into it. Uh, they have their first game today, I believe, tonight. So, you know, it'll be interesting. The second round's always a little more intense because people are now start, then start paying attention. The games are more prime time. ESPN, I think, shows them or one of the channels. I forget which one it is. So that's basically what's going on in that. And, yeah, there's not much to say about the World Baseball Classic besides it's kind of exciting. Um, takes your mind off of the spring training and shows that some of these games actually matter. So besides that, uh, James, you're going to introduce your segment from last week that you started and we enjoy, and we're going to do it again. I love it. So uh, I think – so last week we both picked excellent games of the week. Mine was the Celtics and Warriors, and yours was something involving the Netherlands for the World Baseball yeah. Classic. Netherlands and Korea. Netherlands took it five nothing. Yeah, exactly. We th- think we knew that that was coming. That's their powerhouse team. Um, so we're gonna go with that again. We have a couple games of the week that we want to talk about. Greg, um, do you want to start? Or do you want me to go? You know what? You start because mine's gonna be the interesting game of the week because I just pick all the ones that aren't gonna be normally watched. Okay, cool. Well, I'll pick kind of like a run of the mill one. It's another Warriors game, but tomorrow. Uh, is a, the biggest NBA matchup of the week is the Spurs and the Warriors, the two best teams in the in the league right now. Um, you know, the Warriors have kind of hit like a little bit of a stumbling block where the Spurs have really just kind of hit their stride. 
Kawhi Leonard Leonard is playing at an MVP-type level. Uh, And we talked about him pretty extensively the last couple weeks here. Uh, We're both big fans of Kawhi. Uh, There's not a lot of attention that's ever paid to the Spurs outside of, like, the basketball nerds that, you know, always will, you know, freak out about how they're, you know, everyone says that they're boring even though they're really exciting to watch. So I think that this game will be a great, a great introduction. If you're not a, if you're not huge and don't exactly know what makes Kawhi Leonard the MVP that we've been talking about, well, you know why we've been kind of saying that he's one of the better players in the league. I think you got to go watch this game tonight because he's gonna uh, tomorrow because he's gonna get you know put on Steph. He's gonna get put on Draymond. He's gonna get put on Clay. You know he's gonna get put on Andre Iguodala, and he's gonna be the leading scorer for the Spurs. And I, it would not surprise me if San Antonio pulled that one out pretty handedly. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think San Antonio should win that game. And if they don't, I'd be kind of shocked. Um, just the way they're rolling right now, the way uh, the Warriors are struggling, I think they'll lock down that three-point and make it really, really hard for at least, um, you know, the Warriors to really do anything. So I like that pick. It's a good pick to make. Um, I forget what I was going to say. But, yeah, good pick, James. Thank you. So – all right, my pick of the week is, you know, I was looking, the game I was first originally thinking of, I realized actually is going to be today. So what's the point of picking that? Because by the time this comes out, you probably won't have heard of it. So I was going to originally do AC Milan versus Juventus. It's always a good matchup for the Italian Series League for Premier Soccer. But we'll skip past that. I'm going to go to Sunday. Sticking with soccer, though, I'm going to go to the LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers. I'm going a little MLS action, James, because why not? I mean, nobody pays the soccer's com- becoming big, whether you want to admit it or not. And, I don't, but continue. Yeah, it's uh, I actually think it could be close to being the fourth most popular sport in the U.S. Sorry, hockey. Uh, hate to burst your bubble because I'm talking about soccer right now and not hockey. So that should kind of put it in perspective. The MLS season just started, so you know it's still early on, but it's two of the better teams in the MLS in general. The Galaxy have been one of the top teams in the league for the past few years. And the Timbers have really come up. Their fan base is awesome. Uh, I've watched some of their games while they've been on ESPN. So their crowd just goes nuts every time. They have, like, guys in, like, lumberjack stuff, cutting wood on the sideline whenever they score a goal. It's just a good time for everybody. You know, so if you're not a huge fan of soccer, check it out. Just casually watch it. You know, it's a good time. Maybe get into the sport a little more. See that it's not just, you know, for – international games anymore mls is actually bringing in big stars check it out uh early season game maybe you find a new favorite team cool i like it man yeah i mean you got you gotta we gotta expand our fan base uh we've already basically (laughs) we've we've blockaded the hockey people out because well let's be honest neither of us know that much about hockey i at least know some soccer so i can try to hold my own weight if I have to. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Um, I think that's everything we want to cover, Greg. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, I think that's it. I mean, next week I'm sure we're going to have a lot more football uh, free agency going on. Maybe some more interesting NBA stuff. And next week we'll probably get in a little bit of uh, March Madness. You know, the seeds will be out. We'll make our picks. Tournament actually have been started by the time I think we do our next show. I like it. We'll uh we'll we'll do a bracket. Very cool. Yeah. 
All right, man. Well, awesome. Uh, glad that we had a chance to do this. Thank you guys so much for for listening. Go ahead and follow the instructions at the beginning of the show. Like us on all the requisite social media. Follow us where you can. Leave a rating and review and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, and if you were watching us somehow uh, stop, it's kind of creeping me out. But have a yeah. good weekend, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right, bye, guys. Have a good one. See ya. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance.